I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves, all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor at TFS, and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I will be your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we're looking through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, my guest to discuss the sequel to Excellent Adventure is uh, Jeremy Wickett. How's it going, Jeremy? Doing fine. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Uh, so uh, let's dive into it. Uh, what do you think about Keanu, Jeremy? Oh, well, um, you know, he's never been like my guy, but I've always liked him. And uh, I think every few years he does something that really surprises you. Um, and I think he's always picked surprising and interesting things. And um, I've always thought he actually was a good actor. I've never thought he was bad or wooden or all those things that I think people used to say about him, uh, especially in the early 90s. Um, but I did, when I was younger, think that he often picked things outside of his range. Uh, Brown Stoker's Dracula, I'm looking in your general direction. Uh, but as I've gotten older, you know, uh, to, I think he's always just taken things that interest him and I, you know, not even if he's always great in a movie, I think it's sincere. And um, and I think especially when he finds something that fits him, uh, I think he's amazing. And I think one thing, especially I think John Wick has proved not only from uh, performance, but also just, you know, his physicality as an actor, like his depths have not been measured yet. Totally and, agree. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh, I assume since you're on here, you like this movie, but uh, so what did what, do you remember, like, the first time you saw this? Uh, had you seen the first one, obviously, you know, hopefully? <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't seen Excellent Adventure in a long time, and I was trying to squeeze it in. I'm currently moving into a new house, so it's been a whole adventure <laughs> just getting Bogus Journey in. But, yeah, sure. I was I was 10 when Excellent Adventure came out, and I remember my dad being the dutiful parent and taking his kid, I think maybe my older brother, to go see it. And I remember liking it and, you know, mm-hmm. watching it a few times on cable. But Bogus Journey came out when I was 12. And I th- it was one of the first times me and my friends packed into some parent's car <laughs> and they drove us to the movies. They we dropped us off. Uh, we saw a movie by ourselves. We hung out around that shopping center. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we played arcade games. Oh my God, there were girls there our age. Not that we would ever <laughs> talk to them, but there were girls. Right. Uh, you know, and it's, so it's a very actual fond memory. And I think that's kind of the beginning of me kind of, you know, kind of having a life outside of my, you know, family bubble. So, and, uh, and also just kind of with Bogus Journey too, is I remember it's so much weirder yeah. than the first one. And I just, you know, my favorite, 
director in 1991 would have been Tim Burton. My favorite mm-hmm. book would have been Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, so man. So, yeah. Bogus, yeah, Bogus Journey is like my movie. Um, but really, I think I'm on here not just for Bogus Journey or Keanu Reeves. I'm here for death. Yes, uh, which we'll get to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll get to <laughs> it. Yeah, but but, but it, long and short, spoilers up front, I I am only slightly exaggerating when I say that the Grim Reaper and William Sadler's performance is one of the great comic creations of the 20th century. Slight yeah. exaggeration. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I've always liked both uh, Bill and Ted movies. Uh, I, for a while, the first one was the one I would watch all the time because it was on cable pretty much all the time as I was growing up. Uh, I mean, I wasn't born when the first one came out, but uh, the... Uh, just all the time watching it, but this rewatch, I've decided. You know, Bogus Journey is just so much. There's just so much more going on. It's really interesting. It's really weird. Like it's just one of the weirdest uh, mainstream comedies I've seen. It just it gets it goes places. Uh, but yeah, so it opens with uh, San Dimas, California, in the future, and this is the first time we actually get like a date in this franchise of. Like how far in the future it is, um, and I like that Joss Ackland is the villain. Uh, he's just hamming it up as a basically evil dude wants to prevent them from creating the utopia uh, that they will. And just right away, you see that this is a while it works, you know, it it feels like a part of the first one. It's still a very different movie. So yeah, I, I only got right before we recorded. I watched about fifteen minutes of Excellent Adventure, and I was kind of really noting that Excellent Adventure is not really shot like a, a comedy. It's you mm-hmm. know, it's cinemascope. It's got that real eighties look that I love. It's you know, smoky backgrounds. There's a lot of lot of shadows and darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not shot like a comedy, and this is shot like a comedy. Um, I think that has good and bad things uh, mm-hmm. that goes with it. Uh, for example, I think the comedy is just better in this one. Um, yeah. But it but it just it looks a little chintzier. And I, I made a note right when the movie started that um, it looks like Bargain Bin Fifth Element, uh, which is the <laughs> San Dimas College, gets invaded by Joss Ackland, who looks like Bargain right. Bin David Lynch's Dune. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, to go to Joss Ackland, I, I think... To, to go to how I was saying how it's shot like a comedy, mm-hmm. his performance and so many performances in this movie are pitch perfect. Right. Uh, you know, I don't really know. I My guess is he wasn't a Bill and Ted fan before this. You know, maybe his kids <laughs> or grandkids were. Right. Uh, but he knows what he's doing and he knows exactly yeah. where to pitch it. And I think it's – it just – from the beginning, I just feel like the jokes land here. Right. And uh- – like you said, like the, the way they shoot the future in the first movie is very much like, this is amazing, this is perfect, like look at these weird dark, you know. But in this one it's like tacky, they're wearing tacky uh, neon colors that are based on like the clothes that uh, Bill and Ted are wearing in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, but like, just like maybe this future, like you can kind of see why someone like, you know, uh, Josh Ackland's character, who play, uh, anomalous, would like not be into this, but uh, but it's you know it works. Like if Bill and Ted created a utopian future, shouldn't it look like that? Like shouldn't it be them all wearing like the clothes are too big? Their costume is fun, is funny, but I feel like it's on purpose. Like it's not crappy uh, accidentally. Like it's supposed to look like a weird uh, future, but like everything's neon and but. 
Uh, and I like the fact that, you know, George Carlin uh, obviously makes a return as Rufus. Uh, and I like how they get into a little bit of, like, what he actually does. And it shows that he's a, like a history professor and he is now, like, bringing historical figures into the future, which is fun. Um, like, in there. And I like how, like, he brings in Edison, Bach, and then, like, uh, the, the lead guitarist for Faith No More. Like, that's the kind of, like, the... Uh, those are the new historical figures, and that was a cool touch. Yeah, I was amazed. I was kind of wondering before watching the movie if the f- having uh, the guitarist, I think, from Faith No More, if that joke was just going to feel dated. And it's amazing how much that joke lands. Yeah. Uh, you know, not only just you know, it, it just works, especially because I think he's running the Faith No More like Divinity School or something oh. like that. I'm trying to remember what it is, but like, yeah, he says the founder of the uh, Faith No More Spiritual Center or something. Yeah, like it's. It's great. Uh, yeah, and I hadn't seen this probably in about 10 or 15 years, like the whole way through. I think I've watched death clips on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, before, but that was the moment where I'm like, no, okay, this isn't going to be this not great thing for my childhood that is going to get ruined by revisiting it. That was that was a nice moment for me yeah. when I was like, okay, we're good, we're good. <laughs> and, and to – I guess it goes to the end – of the movie, because it's speaking of how weird this movie is, is they set up Joss Ackland's character at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get a little bit of him for just like plot exposition throughout the movie, but you know, uh, we find out at the end he's not this brilliant mind, uh, right. you know, that got rejected. He's a gym teacher, and I love <laughs> that, especially yeah. just because it's literally the whole movie you're waiting for that and and it just gets dropped at the end and you you know it, it kind of really ties into the whole idea of sort of you know youth culture versus uh you know if you're too loud or too old or however right. you want to say it mm-hmm. but it's just it's an amazing joke uh that just again you kind of think that maybe at some point we're going to figure out something about him or anything <laughs> right. but it just doesn't matter and it's great yeah. and uh yeah and then rufus is there's a great line that he says, you know, do not do homework without wearing headphones. Like that's the, the future is very much like be Bill and Ted, be, uh, be excellent to each other. That's, that's even the, obviously the motto of the university is party on dudes and be excellent to each other. So. Yeah. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and I love just kind of, I think a lot of this movie is, can you do what you do? And but actually enjoy yourself while you're right. doing it. Then why wouldn't mm-hmm. you enjoy yourself while you're doing it? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, nominalist's big plan is to send, uh, evil robots, uh, Bill and Ted robots back in time. Uh, and these guys, this is great. So it's fun for, uh, Alex Winter and Keanu to be able to, uh, just have fun with being two different characters, you know, being both the nice airheads that we love. And like, what if the, what if they are the twisted jerk versions of those same characters where they're basically the same, they act the same, but they're just, what if they were evil? And uh, I love how they actually call each other evil Bill and evil Ted like that. Of course they do. That's, of course. That's yeah. <laughs> well, I love that you can actually always tell the difference. The The performances are, uh, I know I've already used this word, but they are pitched slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's never any confusion because uh, they're wearing the same outfits even uh, right. through most of it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just kind of amazing that it works as well as it does. And all that, you know, effects stuff holds up as well. Yeah. And then it cuts back to finally we see, you know, it takes like 10 minutes to actually see the real uh, Bill and Ted in there. Uh, I like how they 
they're still terrible at playing instruments. Like that's that's great. And the fact that like the princesses are in the band and they're actually good is like that's a nice touch. It's the kind of thing I keep uh surprisingly how you know just how well these movies have aged and how like especially in comparison to other I I talked about this in the uh excellent adventure episode where just how well it holds up in terms especially compared to a lot of eighties, nineties teen comedies just become really, you know, problematic and weird and you know, even if they're fun, they're still like but I feel like this one just has a really great heart, uh and so it uh it works really well and uh but then I love that Pam Greer is in it, has a small role in this, uh as the like the head of the battle of the bands. Um so that's just the she she only is in like a couple scenes, but she does a great job. Uh and I like how uh they're like they say they like let it slip that uh the princesses are from medieval England and they say medieval England, Ohio. Like the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, 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 one thing I, I kind of thought I remembered about the movie, but I guess isn't in it, which I think is actually it works more at you know, after I thought about it, is that it seems like they're trying. You know, this isn't about oh, ar- yeah. arrested development or anything no. like that. And my memory of it is more that there was kind of in that first act a setup of like, for whatever reason, they're not progressing the way that they should, and it's you know they're they're stuck or whatever. And it's not. It's just they're, you know, they're not. I guess you say you're, you know, they're, they're not the brightest people. They're not self-starters. And mm-hmm. it's sort of at some point, you know, even at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to get good. Let's go right. get good. Yeah. Um, and it's just so funny how that's just thrown away. And and again, like at first I'm like, well, where's, you know, the drama or the conflict? And I'm like, wait, that's not this movie. Shut up. Shut up, Wicket. That's not yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, there is enough of that where like the princesses are clearly like a little annoyed by that. But at the same time, it's like, this is just a movie about them being good dudes. Like that's the, the 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 maximum conflict comes from them having to fight the. And even then, which we'll get to in a second, it's kind of like, nope. As soon as they decide that they need to win, they're going to win. But that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Not every movie needs to be super, you know. But uh, and I like how they they have the princesses are having their five hundred twenty first birthday party. <laughs> uh, just uh, like it's. It's interesting, like, how many of their friends know that stuff? Like, or they just think they're weird. Like, that's the kind of... Uh, they're just odd guys, but... Uh, and then... I love when uh, Robo, Bill, and Ted show up, and they're, like, in the... They stole the uh, time machine, uh, and they're like, aim for the cat. Like, that's the kind of... Like, <laughs> again, it's, this is very... It's a, it's a very much... Even more of a comedy than which I uh, which I love about it, but and sort of you know Bill and Ted are even even Bill evil Bill and Ted are not competent enough to actually hit a right. cat, so it's never yeah. it's never a problem. <laughs> and um, and I guess right about here too is I was a huge Star Trek nut as a kid, especially yep. more the movies than the TV show, but mm-hmm. I knew this episode, and this is kind of right before you get all of that. You know, Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino, a lot oh, of post- yeah, yeah. postmodern uh, going back and looking at, you know, childhood nostalgia. Uh-huh. And so, like, 12-year-old Jeremy's freaking mind blew <laughs> to see them getting walked up the uh, the cliffside from that Star Trek episode. That was... Yeah, I, I love that they're, like, wa- yeah, they're watching that Gorn episode of Star Trek. And then it's everyone, yeah, people know, now, nerds know that that's an actual place in uh, California desert. So... Of course, they're going to take them to the, and I feel like maybe that's even 
part of the robot, the programming of the robots are going to, they think it's cool to go kill them at the, at that site. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. And then again, in the first 20 minutes of Bill and Ted two, they get killed. And so, and this is where it gets full on crazy. And this is why this is my favorite of the two now is just how, just how weird. And again, just because in the first movie, it's basically like, very the structure is very you know by the numbers and but this is, it gets like genuinely and like you brought up Tim Burton it gets there's some of these uh, parts where they're in the in hell are very uh, almost Tim Burton or even like uh, Joe Dante's uh, Twilight Zone segment where it's just like you know pink furniture and like the just the production design is really great and weird in this uh, in the sequence but. Oh yeah, they swing for the fences. And yeah. I, the thing that I was also trying to remember because I hadn't seen it in a while is thinking, how do they end up in hell? Because you know they're not the like they're not saints, but the whole oh, idea is right. that they're 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 basically going to be you know messiahs or or you know uh, the people that kind of get Earth to finally get over all its all of its. Uh, can I can I swear? Yes. Okay, they, for them to get over their bullshit, you know, for humanity to get over its bullshit. And I'm like, so yeah, how do they end up in hell? And I completely forgot that you know. It's because of the seance. And, oh, you know, yeah, that's great. Mi- yeah. Missy has a, was it like How to Banish Evil book, which is just oh, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so they're, yeah, first they're in kind of like a purgatory where they're just, they're ghosts and they're uh, wandering around seeing, you know, almost like wonderful, where they're seeing what the the world after they're dead. And uh, But then, yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, speaking of Missy, she's now married to uh, Ted's uh, dad instead of Bill's dad. Oh god, that uh, shot of him just eating! I think it's a Twinkie. Oh and yeah, it's so. Yeah, I mean, like your dad looks like shit, dude. <laughs> like your dad looks terrible. Like I know. And again, we didn't have any affection for, no. for Ted's dad, but like just for even the movie to go there and just show someone that the dark. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it is. This is just such a fucked up movie, and I love it. Um. Uh. But yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, the one so thing the, else. Oh, go ahead. You sorry. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, so the seance scene, uh, this is, yeah, it's great. Uh, like Missy's holding the seance and they're all, they're going around the circle saying like which people they want to contact and, and Missy's like, for some reason Missy wants to contact Ty Cobb, but, uh, actually go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just, I was going to say, I have questions about that, uh, the Ty Cobb <laughs> thing, but no, I was, I was just going to say that, um, I really love the color palette when mm-hmm. they're in that little, I guess you would say in between you know, or purgatory. Oh, or yeah, like the filter, stuck. and the fact that they're at first, it's like you know, maybe the the whole movie, and then the fact that just like them in makeup, yeah, it's a really good touch. Yeah, it, it, I, you know, and this is no fault of their of anything made when the movie. It, it, the high def, the seams are of course a little more obvious, mm-hmm. but it's it's just it's it's good. It's just well put together, you know, yeah. and you just can't account for that twenty something years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so then they. She the the banished evil book, uh, so they expel them to hell, um, and then like and this is this is great uh, with the scene with them falling into the pit is just great. Like they're they're yelling and then they get bored and then they're like <laughs> they start yelling again and then uh, they start thinking it's cool and they're like ah we might as well just yell anyway <laughs> like it's uh, and then the when they, the first thing they say when they get to hell is like we were totally lied to by our uh, metal covers like the yeah, <laughs> album covers. Uh, it's a great line. And this may just be 
you know, someone who's a little older than the target audience now for this. Um, but, you know, watching it this time, I really think that uh, the movie starts when they get banished, or at least the, the really good stuff begins. There's there's good stuff before it, but I feel like a lot of times up until the point where they're, you know, even some of the stuff when they're just kind of walking the earth as ghosts, oh, sure. there's, there's, there's the clever idea – and it's not always followed by a clever joke. Um, mm-hmm. I know one of the two writers of both of these movies, Ed Solomon, ended up writing Men in Black. And I see a right. lot of uh, Men in Black in this, especially once they get to heaven and you get Station and uh, everything later in the movie. For sure. but, but that movie always has like, here's the clever idea. We're going to let that – we're going to get that idea across to you with just you know with uh, just enough time and then we're going to hit you with the joke. And I kind of feel like – a lot of times there's that clever idea at the beginning of the movie, not always followed by the joke, at least that lands the same way. But once they get to hell, that all starts clicking and you're getting that idea followed by that joke, just perfect one, two punch in a lot of places. Right. And you might think uh, in a lesser movie, they would, the hell would just be like, uh, it would just be like, you know, a weird bad dream or something. But this is like actively full on, horns and Satan, you know, Satan. And I like how there's like, who's that guy? And then, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, how's it going? Beelzebub. Uh, just the, but then, Oh, and we, we skipped over, uh, the introduction of death. So let's go back a little bit. Uh, when, yes. they, first, when they first die, uh, just death's entrance is amazing. Again, I tweeted, uh, well, watch after watching it, that like, this is just, like you said, just one of the all time great, not even just comedic performances, just performances ever. Like William Sadler doing a little bit of a almost like Seventh Seal death, like the because he's even got like the European accent. Uh, it's amazing, uh, and just the it's just such a great, it's just a perfect performance in every way. Straight up, and I think what what the brilliance is with the casting is you know at this point William Sadler had been you know a, a pretty established character actor. I mean he was the 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 main villain in Die Hard Two the year before, mm-hmm. yep. so he, you know he's he's I don't know if he'd really been in a comedy before this or not, but it's what's so good about it is is that when you first meet Death, he's Death, you know, right. he's, there's no joke to it, and it's like the second he gets Melvin and he does the kind of you know the bug eyes that one would do mm-hmm. when during a Melvin um yeah. uh, you know the, you get a hint of that, but then like as it as it kind of goes on, uh, you just kind of realize that. You know, of course, this guy can do comedy, and mm-hmm. uh, to kind of go back to what I said about Joss Ackland too is, uh, I don't feel like again this is shot as uh, maybe as as you know richly as as the first movie. It's it's a lot it's a lot less uh, interesting angles and and really trying to make you know action exciting and the like. Oh, but, right, yeah. But comic performances, I think, just everybody's nailing it, and it, it's just it's. Uh, we can kind of get to the game in a minute because I think we should stay on Hell for a minute. Yeah. Because uh, to kind of quickly say, what I what I love about Hell is that you know even if they think it's awesome, you can really tell that this is Hell and people are suffering. And right. I think it's kind of funny that Bill and Ted are kind of these innocents, and yeah, their stuff is scary to them, yeah. and it's scary even to the audience. Like I said, I was twelve, but I imagine being like. There were probably like six and seven year olds just losing their shit in the mm-hmm. theater during these parts. But I kind of love that even their version of hell is kind of innocent, you know, catered to them. Oh, right. Uh, I mean, yeah. even like when they're before that, like before they go to their own personal hells, like they're just like, they're like, this is cool. Like, I like that. Uh, this is, this is a, this is pretty metal. And then, 
Uh, they get sent to their, the, like the lower, the other, uh, circle of hell. Uh, and that, yeah, like you said, like the, they're kind of goofy. Like it's Ted going to military school or, uh, Ted being scared by an Easter bunny because he stole his, uh, brother Deacon's, uh, Easter basket or like, uh, Bill doesn't want to be kissed by his grandma. Like that's, but it's, it's creepy. Like she's full on almost like a wit, like she's, you know, rotting teeth and yeah, like it's again, it's it's goofy and funny, but it's also creepy, and you can see why they would not be into it. Uh, and I love the uh, when like the drill sergeants uh, yelling at them, and Ted, Bill gets confused and saying like, "Yes, dude. Yes, sir. Dude, sir." Like it's uh, it's great. Well, something that just kind of occurred to me is I can't think of another set of characters that would feel just as at home in hell as they would heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of amazing that they uh, blend in – or not blend in, excuse me, but like that they can kind of fit into both worlds. That's, that's very unique and very Bill and Ted. Yeah. Uh, and I like how she said – she the granny introduces herself as Granny S. Preston Esquire. Which, <laughs> uh, and then – yeah, and then so they – uh, run out of there, and then there's this great, like, where it does get creepy with the, uh, them, like, chasing them through the, this, like, the, these hallways, uh, and there's just this great shot that's on, it's a great gift, too, of the Easter Bunny, like, maniacally laughing, running towards them, is, is great. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, said, yeah. yeah, and then they're finally like, how are we gonna get out of this? And then, oh, we need to challenge death. And then, this scene is an all-timer comic sequence it's just amazing the the and of course they're playing like milton bradley games of course uh, that's mm-hmm. bill and ted so uh and just one of my favorite line readings ever is when they're playing uh battleship and it's you have sunk my battleship it's just his i can never i'm not going to try to imitate it because it's just it's perfect well, just even in the way that, you know, he, the, the way he ends up doing the two out of three, he's like slightly oh. embarrassed or like just that he, you just, he can't believe this is happening. You know, I think what a lot of where the comedy goes from here is this sort of combination of him uh, constantly kind of having that, I can't believe I'm in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, kind of combined with, you know, kind of, I think what, I think kind of what's happening here is kind of what you kind of get is what happens in the future is that uh, no one can really resist Bill and Ted. Right. Uh, exactly. That for whatever yeah, for whatever reason, he goes, "All right, cool, I'm on board. This is fun." And it's it's kind of this weird combination of of the two. And and from here on, I mean, seriously, every line is perfect. It's written perfect. It's delivered perfectly. Yeah. Um, he plays off of yeah. Oh yeah, and it, he you know. Uh, you know, just going to Keanu and, and Alex Winters, mm-hmm. you know, they both know exactly how to play this uh, off uh, of him. Yeah, because uh, comedy's about giving, you know, of course, giving and taking. That's a very obvious statement, Wicket. But, um, but still, it is. And, and you're know, watching them do it is just, ah, uh, yeah. I mean, and for me, it's it's just that I I don't think there's any dialogue. Just maybe him, William Sadler, just growling a little bit. But the, oh. the shot of the 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 football, the little electronic oh. football machine, is oh my god. Yeah, or like the uh, back and forth. They shoot it like almost like a intense chess match, but with Battleship, and they're like, uh, you know, um, cutting back and forth and just like hit, like the you know, hit. <laughs> it's uh, and then yeah, uh, best two out of three, and then they play Clue, and the uh, he's like, 
I just think it's really he's like a like acting like a kid, like getting really upset that he's losing, and mm. uh, you know, it's it was Mister Plum in the parlor with the c- candlestick, and then he's like, no, no, he said mustard, and he's like, it's Plum, dude. He said, I said Plum, like yes. that's the like that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, then it's the football, and then Twister, Twister. which yep. is, and of course he's super flexible, which is amazing. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, just like you said, it just it it ramps up perfectly. The jokes just kind of, the games get sillier. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, the you know, the, the way they choose the games, the way it, it builds. Um, you know, you just you have that like that moment of will he hit to the green space again? It's just you know it's it's all comedy, but it's but it's shot just so perfectly with the sort of the I guess you would say the tension like he can finally pull it off. No, he can't. And right. uh, and again, I, I love that you know it's it's just all about this guy finally meeting somebody who can you know I guess you know call it not call him on on anything, but just that can actually get by whatever defenses he's built up for eternity to be death. You know? Right. Uh, uh, yeah. And he tips over the electric football game and he's like, they're like best out of seven. And just another perfect line reading is him yelling damn right. And like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, I love that it's Sadler's the last person you'd expect to play, uh, uh, annoyed goofy death, but it's just, it's perfect in every way. And, uh, so finally he, Agrees to take them back, uh, but first he takes them to heaven, uh, and then like there's this shot like I like how again it's like an interesting version of heaven where it's like all time and space is non-existent. Like the the people that are coming to the pearly gates are from like all different uh, time eras. Like some of them look like they're like from Graves of Wrath or something, and some look like a like there's like a '60s swimsuit model or something. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool. strange. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's so weird because to me, you know, in this movie, you know, hell is very it's it's a it's biblical hell, you know, with with a little bit of uh, you know, of course, heavy metal cover, heavy mm-hmm. metal album cover, kind of thrown in on top. But this doesn't really feel like biblical heaven to me. This feels almost sort of something more. I guess you would say cosmic or or like gnostic or something. Just some kind of weird like. Yeah, very. It's like almost like a just all these dudes hanging out, like uh, people. Yeah, it's very much. And the guy's not like an angel; like he's just some, like you know, Saint Peter is just some guy, like just some uh, maybe like a host or something of a restaurant. Like he's just a normal looking dude, and that's a good. I like that version of it. Yeah, because yeah, I almost get the feeling like here where it's like, okay, were you a dick? You go to hell. Were you? not a dick you go to heaven you know there's there really doesn't seem to be much you know anything besides just the fact that you know okay most people probably end up in heaven here at least that's kind of at least the vibe i get from it right and it's so and and then i there's something i love about this series is that uh the solutions they come up with are they're like things bill and ted would come up with they're stupid stupid plans but they just work because that's the world they're in like they how are we going to break into heaven? Oh, we're just going to mug three dead people and steal their clothes because they won't notice. And like, and there's this great, you know, deaths in like the apron and the sun hat, like the, and, uh, there's a great where the gatekeeper's like, do I know you? And he's like, Oh God, I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Did we interrupt? Yeah. But, my enthusiasm is bleeding through, but yeah, just the fact that he's just wearing like a little apron <laughs> over the Grim Reaper outfit, and he never gets rid of the scythe. You know, yeah. like that scythe is just glued to him. <laughs> oh god, I love it. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, uh, so then, so they go to they go to God, uh, ask for help, and like he says, 
station. And you think maybe he's like, because that's their, that's their word for like badass. And, um, but then, and this is just where it gets, again, like you said, men in black, uh, comes in there a little bit like state, the big scientist is going to help them, uh, defeat the evil robots is this weird, like two short little lizard, hairy lizard dudes. Mm-hmm. That look like they're like straight up Muppets. Like this is the kind of like dudes in suits. Uh, it's just and they don't talk. Like all they say is station, uh, or even before when they're the little guys, they just kind of say like one syllable of it. Like one says stay, one says shun. Like it's kind of and that's again just that must have. I didn't see this until I was like you know maybe fourteen, fifteen. But uh, I imagine when you were younger, like just that some like blowing a kid's mind, like these weird. Uh, Lizard dudes um, is great. Oh yeah, and I think you know um, again, kind of going to talk Men in Black and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just you know, Death's line of "Did you really think the smartest person in the universe was going to be human?" I mean, that really does. I mean, that's got bite to it. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, but if you don't mind to back up real quick, I also sure. love when they're talking to God. You know, they straight up say, "Yeah, we mugged a couple of guys." Oh, You're right. God. You know, you know that we mugged people, and I love that. You know, there's not a lot of actual, you know, God in the movie, but I love that God just seems to be fine with this. Again, he's just charmed by Bill and Ted, or he or she is charmed by Bill and Ted, just like everybody else is. It's like, I can't get onto these guys. They're Bill and Ted, you know, and I just love that that just goes, it's no big deal. I love it, you know. And it, and again, the way it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of these kind of comedies tend to do that of teen comedies, like where no matter what they do, they're going to, everyone likes them and get away with it, like. But in this, like, I get it. Like, it's not one where you... Something like, you know, Ferris Bueller or something where, like, he gets away with everything and you kind of resent him for it a little bit. In this, it's like, they're just... Why wouldn't you like them? They're uh, sincere, sweet, nice goofballs. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, and it... uh, But, yeah, and then they give he gives them this, like, big, you know, like, frisbee, like a, you know this big uh, disc that will lead them to uh, station. And I like how, and they show like the historical figures uh, like playing charades uh, with station or like 20 questions or something. And uh, I almost wonder why they didn't bring in like uh, Abraham Lincoln from the original movie to uh, maybe they wanted to separate it, but I felt like that would have been a good opportunity to have some of their historical figure friends in there. But Oh yeah, that would be good. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't, it's not a break. It's. I think they maybe they just wanted to have new uh, historical figures in it. Like they have Ben Franklin and uh, I think maybe Babe Ruth or just some uh, some baseball player or something's there. Anyway, but and there's a line here that I absolutely love uh, when they're playing charades and Death just blurts out, "I'm going to do the voice terribly, but just Butch and Sundance, the early years." Oh. And I don't know why that is so funny to me, but that just <laughs> slays me. And that always pops up in my head because I used to have to do like a lot of board meetings and uh, like marketing conferency things. And when I would say something that sounded much more clever and less obvious in my head, they you know that when I said it, everybody kind of looked at me in the room, just like in my head, I would think to myself, "Butch and Kaz, Butch and Sundance, the early years." And just God, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, but yeah, I just want to make sure that that again. I don't know why, but that is one of my favorite jokes in that in this no. movie. Yeah, it got me, and it's, it's again, it's just the it's all in the delivery and the reaction of the other people, and it's yeah, it's just great. Um, so yeah, and then finally, so station, and they don't even. I like how they don't. Expl- they don't. It's not like a scene of like 
God sending them back. It's just like they're just there. They're just back. They're back from the dead. It's fine. Um, yeah, because was it that God? Yeah, you know, excuse me, not God. Uh, death. You know, right after the the. the you know, the board games, you know, just says, you can do whatever you want now. And I oh, love yeah. how just you in a movie me. like this, yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. just, we don't need to explain anything going forward. Uh, and so then, yeah, back on Earth, uh, evil Bill and Ted kidnap uh, the princesses to, uh, they're going to, like, kill them at the Battle of the Bands. And But then I just love when uh, the first thing they do is Bill and, there's another great comedic scene of, uh, Bill, Ted, Station, and Death in the hardware store, and that, like, no one's looking at them weird. Like, no one cares that there's these... Uh, I mean, I guess when they're going in, someone looks at them, but there's not, like, a... It just It's a matter... They just accept it. This is one of those worlds where it's like, yeah, okay, alien, big guy with a scythe, it's all good. Yeah, uh, imagine you're a, 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 a an average guy in 1991, and you're going to go buy a hammer, you're smoking a cigarette, and the Grim Reaper walks past you and says, see you real soon. Do you have a reaction to that? <laughs> Most likely. And not the... Which is that guy, if I remember right, does not have. He just looks just at him the, like, confu- like, like, okay. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Then, and then there's another part where he's like, he's looking at like a new, like a hoe, you know, like a garden mm-hmm. hoe, and he's like, nah. Like, like, I'm going to keep the like, I like the traditional scythe. Like, yeah, that's uh, so good. So just them walking through the store, and then, uh, and then the this is when we find out that station is actually like when they're really going to go into full uh, building mode. They fuse into this one creature, and it's so gross. And like the way it, like they just they ram into each other, and then there's this like gelatinous blob of like. St- goo and that Bill and Ted look up you know they're like ugh like it's again just so crazy that this is a they I feel like because they got a sequel they're like screw it let's just do whatever we want you know let's see what we can get away with and it pays off uh hugely so oh yeah this is they're so surprised that they got a sequel mm-hmm. and they're absolutely certain there's not going to be a third one. They just, especially as we kind of talk about the climax, like they know this is it. They know they can't do this another time because at some point Bill and Ted are going to actually have to become Bill and Ted. And once they're the, you know, whatever you want to call them, you know, the greatest people in history, right. there's no movie, there's no comedy, there's no, mm-hmm. there's nothing you could do with that. I love that they just go for broke here. For sure. Uh, yeah, so then uh, they build these robot, these like good robots to fight the bad robots, and they're just, I like how they're not good. Like they're, I mean, they're, they're well made, but they're just like, they look like obvious robots, and they've got like, you know, well, it, it makes sense because he got stuff from a hardware store to make them, and so they're like just slapped together obvious robots, and I think that's good instead of them being three. Like these are the robots that Bill and Ted would make, like, uh, or oh, yeah. one of their friends would make. So it's 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 all function, no form, right? And, and I just love that. It's like, yeah, well, we were. Dr- it's a thirty minute drive from the hardware store. This is what we got. You know, sorry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, but it works. Yeah, it's exactly what it should be. Uh, and then, so the their there's like their elaborate plan is to drop the princesses to their death while they're uh, and like to show it to the that just ruin their reputation for all, like so that. No matter what, they're gonna fail. And then the, but the fact that Bill and Ted show up with the robots and they, the evil ones are immediately like, oh, I guess we're done. Like we met our match. It's over. 
And then yeah. it's like a knock em sock em robots, like, just one punch, their heads go flying off, and then it's over. And well, then in, <laughs> yeah, then when they're at the hardware store, yeah, you know, they, they try to call, uh, I think it's, uh, Bill's parents' house, or excuse me, Ted's parents' house, right? And and you know, evil Bill and Ted pick up the phone, and you don't actually see them have a conversation, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then you know, evil evil Bill just hangs up the phone, and just goes, "Huh, that was real Bill and Ted. They're yeah. alive again." I you know, we'll no, nothing surprises them. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, "I guess we'll get to kill them again." And then, <laughs> excellent, like that. Yeah. That they are just evil versions of them, and that's great. Uh, so they beat them, mm-hmm. and then. But then, of course, there needs to be one more thing, and Anomalous uh, shows up again, uh, and they basically like he hacks the cameras to broadcast their demise to the entire world. Um, and then I love how they bring back the Bill and Ted using time travel to beat their situation again, like the ending of the you know the great the best part of the first movie. Uh, and then they like so they're like, how about we put a sandbag and then. Uh, but yeah, and then I like that Anomalous is also, you know, uh, playing the game too. Um, it's just, yeah, of course they're going to bring that back and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was a little underwhelming to me this time. Yeah. I, for, for some reason I, you know, it could be that the fact that we, if you're a Doctor Who fan, the last, you know, six or seven years of Doctor Who has been this. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and trying to find bigger and, and weirder ways of doing that. But I just, you know, it's not that it's. You know, smaller or whatever, sure. but I just remember the back and forth lasting longer, and it feels just very. Oh yeah, it should. Yeah. I feel like I feel like they. It might be of just them needing to keep it to ninety minutes. Like it needs to be a ninety-minute movie, and so they like it's literally he like maybe he's going to beat them for a second, but then they're like, no, we just replace the gun. Yeah, it probably could have gone on longer, and maybe it even did, but usually. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, because I. You know, again, this is not the kind of movie to really, you know, split hairs on this, but it does kind of feel like the movie almost climaxes when they beat death right. uh, during yeah. that scene. Because from then on out, nothing is really a challenge to them. And again, it's it's not really any problem besides the fact that or maybe you're missing some jokes out of that. But again, right. that's not this movie, maybe. But that beat, you know, it all works fine because Death Melvin's the bad guy. And so, like, the... But then there's this weird... I did not remember it the last time I've seen this, where after he gets uh, wedgied, like, Nominalist kind of likes it. Like, he makes this yeah. weird... Like, well, and, I, and I, I, did, I don't know if we really need to talk about this, but, right. um, you know, there's a couple of uh, the other F-words dropped oh, in this yeah, movie, and too. I, I mentioned that the first... Where, like, that's the one thing, you know, the one area... But I felt like... I mean, it's not good. It doesn't age well, obviously. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, it's almost a miracle that those are the only time, like, those are the only real bad, not aged well jokes in the in the thing. So, um, oh yeah, and yeah. and they're they're suburban metal kids from 1991. I mean, you know, I think there's always with with anything, and and yeah, you're you're talking about how so much 80s and 90s uh, com comedy just. Ugh. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the best way to say it. Yeah, yeah it, but, you know, it, it's kind of, yeah, you know, there's always a difference between, you know, what a character would say and what a, you want a character to say. Right, and right. it's, it's you know, it's what a, a, a metal kid in 1991 would say. And that mm-hmm. doesn't, that doesn't excuse it. And, and, you know, if you really even wanted to go so far with it, you know, if someone told Bill and Ted, hey, that's not cool, they'd immediately go, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, but it, it is the, the, that beat, and then the, you know the Joss Ackland is not seeming to mind it very much. It's, it's not it's not like a bad joke, but it's sort no, of yeah. There's just sort of a oh, okay, this whole thing is about being cool to each other, and it's kind of yeah. you know, or like the whole message of these movies, and it is a it's really not a deal breaker, but it's a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, so then finally, uh, you know, Rufus has to come back, and then so the reveal that uh, he was Pam Greer's character this whole time, uh, like that. He, there's this part, like, he unzips and gets out of the costume, and it's like, and then, yeah, this is where the reveal that uh, Anomalous was his gym teacher. Like, of course, he just, he's just upset that uh, Rufus is cool, and he doesn't like the, like you said, like, uh, you're just too loud, and he's just that, that, of course, he's, that's why he doesn't like it. He doesn't care there's a utopia, he just thinks the music's lame, like the, um, but yeah, and then, uh, and then they have the moment where they, uh, they're like, we need to learn how to play, and then they skip forward, and they have babies, and uh, Bill's got a you know ZZ Top beard, uh, uh, and their their babies are now named you know Little Bill and Little Ted. So, uh, yeah, it's a great, and it just it, I love how it ends with the the Kiss song, uh, you know, God gave rock and roll to you. It's just a great, it's a nice ending. It's it makes me like I love these movies, and I love their these two, like, dudes that just unite each because they're, they like having fun and being uh, nice to people, and it's a nice, it's a nice final beat. Yeah, and it has the best joke in the movie, which is the Race and Track magazine, Death Wins at the Indy 500, oh, right. quote, I didn't know I could run that fast, Yeah, which is, I mean, seriously, if you, if you want to ask me what the top ten jokes in all of human existence is, yeah, that's on the list. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. these, uh, I love these, uh, newspaper clippings showing how they brought peace to the world and uh it's there's lots of jokes and they're great like uh i you know i'm blanking on some of them but yeah like them on the cover of sports illustrated you know best sportsman of the year like they're they can literally do anything and it but it works and uh yeah and like there's a part where it says uh for some i I missed this the first time or that uh, it says missy marries uh, the bad guy, like yes, <laughs> which is like great. Missy marries Chuck Nomalist, like his name's Chuck now. Like, of course it is. I love that. And I was thinking about it while I was watching, you know, the kind of the credits, and I, I got my death joke that I needed, and I kind of started looking at my phone. You know, we we're talking about the ZZ Top look, and uh, what is it? You know, Keanu Reeves's Van Dyke in that scene. Right. And I was kind of looking up that yeah, this was released in I think July of '91, and I was like, okay. I looked up a couple albums and like I think it was Pearl Jam's Ten is a month later, mm-hmm. and Nirvana's Nevermind is two months later. Right. Kind of speaking about how you this is there isn't going to be a third one of these, at least not in 1991 or 1992. Right. I was just thinking how like this this kiss, this last song, the look of them, like the face of music, at least from the suburban white boy mm-hmm. uh, point of view of Bill and Ted and a lot of people going to see Bill and Ted, that's all about to change. This yeah. is like that last breath <laughs> right. of that, of, of like... Of, 80s glam rock metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, is, which isn't just what they listen to because, you know, you right. also get Primus and a few things. Megadeth and, yeah, and I mean, stuff, yeah. But, but this is this is this is suburban metal kids, yeah. yeah. And and in about a year or two, all those suburban kids are going to be a lot more uh, gloomy and uh, flanneled, uh, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. And so I, I, I know you know at recording this, we a few months, a few weeks ago, they had the announcement that they're finally making uh, Bill and Ted three, and 
Now it's a little more unclear if it's actually going to happen, but I feel like I really want. I I would like to see what uh, Ed Solomon and um, you know Keanu and Alex came up with. Um, but at the same time, it works as a two movies, and uh, I I'm not, I really want a third one. But at the same time, like the fact that they keep wanting to make it is good enough for me. Like uh, I'll love it when I see it, but at the same time, we got two, especially this. It just has a great final beat, so it does. Yeah. And I, I I'm, I'm a little interested because you know I'm hurtling towards forty, and I think that idea of getting older and you were really cool and you're not cool anymore, uh, right? Or you're, you're, you know, you're not cool in the way that you were, I guess, or however you want to say it. I think there is a there is an appeal there, and uh, I, I think there is a movie to be made out of it. It's just, it's I think it's got to land even better than either of these first two did to yeah. work at all. Yeah. And, uh, but I like the idea that they, I hope that like their kids are in it. Like that would be a cool, like a, cause they would be like my age now. So like the, if they're like mid twenties and their kids are like, yeah, just the fact that it's called Bill and Ted face the music. I hope that we see it. But again, yeah, you're right. It's got, uh, but I feel like they know that it's going to be hard to beat. And so I feel like if they, have the script and they know that they're going to do, uh, at the very least, we hope we get uh, William Sadler to play death one more time. So. And when I saw the announcement, it said Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Alex Winter and, and William Sadler are back. I'm like, okay, well I'm there opening night. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, you know, we, I think my feelings about death are uh, clear at this point. Uh, yeah. So that does it for Bill and Ted's uh, bogus journey. Thanks so much for being here, Jeremy. It's great talking to you. Uh, so that's, yeah. Join me next time for uh where my guest and i will be discussing uh gus van sant's my own private idaho uh so stay tuned uh keep being excellent to each other